0: You know, the blood of Jesus is a is a cleansing stream. And right now there's some cleansing going on in our lives. There's things being washed away. There's things being uh, brought to life. There's things that are uh, being washed down the river, never to return. And so, Lord, we give you praise today. Lord, we give you thanks lord we 're looking to you, Lord, in these times we we what else can we do but look to you and and seek you and follow you, God, thank you, Lord, for your encouragement, Lord, that we might we might walk in the fullness or we might walk in the fullness, Lord, we thank you, Lord, you've challenged us, just as greg said lord it's it 's still going on today lord it 's still going on, Lord, we can join in at any moment, Lord, so help us, Lord. Thank you for cleansing and washing away fear and doubt. Lord, thank you for all the apathy, Lord, washing those things away, Lord. Uh, Pride, God, we we just repent of pride. Lord, we don't want to be full of ourselves, we want to be full of you, God. You're You're the one that's great. You're the one that's exalted. You're the one that's lifted up, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for drawing us close to you, God. Thank you for reminding us, God. Thank you for opening our eyes more fully today. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in our lives. We just say that. Lord, you're welcome. You're welcome. Every part of our lives, God, we, try, we open up, Lord, parts that we don't even know about, parts that we don't even know are closed. God, come in. Come in, Holy Spirit, and touch those places, God. Clean them out if necessary, whatever you need to do. A holy renovation, holy remodeling inside our spirits and souls, God, our minds, our emotions, our thoughts and desires. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit. This place right here in me, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sing that old song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. This place, our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Omnipotent, Father of mercy and grace, you are welcome in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Right. Colossians 2 9. Let me read the scripture. It's not part of the planned message, so to speak. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Listen to this. And you have been given fullness in Christ. You have been given fullness in Christ, who's the head over every power and authority. You have been given fullness in Christ. You have been given fullness in Christ. You... Have been given fullness in Christ. You have been given fullness in Christ. He's the head over every power and authority. You have been given. It's already been done. You have been given fullness in Christ, who's the head over every power and authority. Thank you, Lord. Let us walk in that wholeness, oh Lord having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith and the power of God who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities the demons and the devil he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross he's already won he's already won we're we're living in victory if we're not if I'm not living in victory I'm not living in Christ Because in Christ is victory, in Jesus Christ is victory. He says, I have been given the fullness. I have everything I need. We have everything we need as the people of God. We need to walk in the that's why that word that's what that word was. That was a tongue interpretation. If you're a guest and never seen that before, that's where one person brings something from the Holy Spirit in a language we don't know, and someone else interprets it. I believe that was a word from the Lord. And he said, Step out, walk in your gifting. Now is the time. It, now is the time more than ever. Maybe this past week or these few weeks are a wake-up call for, for the people of God. If it wakes us up, that's good. God's bringing good right there, huh? You know, Galatians 4, 1 and verse 4 says, we're, we're living in a present, and it says, this present evil age. We're, this, is, this is a present evil age we're in. And that was back when Paul wrote it. It's no different today than it was then. We're living from a different age. Because Jesus said you've already been given eternal life. So in other words, you already belong to a different age. You belong to the age of the kingdom. The one that lasts forever. The, love that, the one that's full of all love and goodness and purity and holiness. You belong to that age. Because you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the light. Of the kingdom of His Son that loves us. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I mean, I just read that scripture. Man, Colossians is just—I don't know—I just read it and it really got me lit up a couple of weeks ago, or last week, or whenever that was, like recently. And so, there's—I mean, it's so good. But man, God's 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 stirring us up. And uh, so, I, I mean, I really just have a couple. I want to just give a couple encouragements here. And if those for some of you you weren't here at the. Uh, start of the service I want to read uh, read uh, the whole or most of the section of uh, President Glenn Burris, President of Foursquare, who uh, wrote a statement in relation to the Supreme Court decision this past week. It was obviously a, a historic decision uh, and it's you know many reactions to that uh, but i I, I think it 's important and especially for those that maybe have missed the start. And she just read a portion of it um, but It says, this morning I awakened to the news everywhere concerning the Supreme Court's ruling on same-sex marriage. I've also read many of the varying responses being written across our nation. And he says to us as pastors, and I believe to any of us really, I thought about you and the influence you carry within our movement and in your community. One of our pastors wrote, our focus is to fearlessly and graciously engage the changing culture that we are salt and light to while holding to our biblical convictions. And others said, we must say what Jesus has revealed, and we must say those things the way Jesus does, with mercy and with an invitation to new life. The Supreme Court's decision has left some angry, some disillusioned, some pleased, others frustrated, even among its own courts. Some are confused about the legal considerations and what it will mean for ministers and churches. Still others believe it's a wake-up call for the church, with a fresh mandate to minister with compassion and clarity. Uh, This is a great line right, right here. Love without truth is irresponsible, but truth without love is callous. Love without truth is irresponsible, but truth without love is callous. It's interesting that Jesus never wavered from his kingdom convictions, but he also led in such a way that people were drawn to him even if their personal values did not line up with his. They felt safe. They were honest and their lives were ultimately transformed by the power of his presence. Somehow he engaged them in in a way that they wanted to embrace and walk in the truth that he modeled and taught. That's kingdom transformation. goes on to say at some point, you know, as Foursquare, obviously we cannot endorse that and cannot perform same-sex marriages in our that 's already in our bylaws that's that 's who we are that 's nothing new that 's already been uh, that 's already been written so it's, it's that 's not changed uh, we can 't say yes to sin, but he says, I personally write to you today not as a sinless person but as a sinner, saved by grace, and my prayer for the Foursquare Church is that we will always walk in humility, be courageous in our convictions, always be a light in the darkness, be a place of healing for those who are broken be a standard bearer for the truth, a compassionate community for the unloved, and we will gladly respond to the call to conduct ourselves in a way that will open the door of salvation for all, for everybody. Please join with me in prayer that the steadfast God of our founding fathers will superintend our nation during these uncertain times. You know, it's not just... its not just. One decision this past week. That's not. That's not what's been. There's been. There's been stuff going on in our nation in the past several years, past ten years, past decade. Has been a, a torrent of change. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we know about what happened in the church in what South Carolina. Uh, you know, a gunman comes in and racially motivated uh, guns down nine members of the church right there. There's all kinds of crazy things going on. There's, uh, from my perspective. Not living in the 60s. It looks like the 60s that I've read about. And maybe indifferent in some ways. But there's all this stuff going on. Some of you who are alive in the 60s can tell me whether that's yes or no. Uh, we had a prophetic word at the Four Square Convention that said, it's the 60s all over again. And we have a chance to bring in the harvest of this generation. And are we going to love them? Are we going to love them? Uh, if not, then God will get his harvest without us he'll find somebody else who will who will love this generation and that's that's what we we have to have it's going to have to start with love you know the good news is still the good news let's not make it bad news let's not make it angry news let's not make it this or that news You know, the the reaction of so many people with all this kind of stuff, you know, people get stirred up. And I guess maybe you see the real people. Like my wife says, if you're on social media, if you're not on social media, you don't have to be (laughs) like that. You don't have to do that to get into heaven. Just so you know, okay? Jesus is going to check your Facebook on the way in. okay? (laughs) what did you tweet about? I mean, he is going to. Why did you tweet? No, but, uh, you know sometimes it's better for those of you that are off but some of us are connected to people we jump on and you know but god you know i I, you know sometimes you have to get off that stuff don't read too much negative stuff don't listen to too much negative news whatever it is i mean everybody's oh oh this oh this oh this oh this is going to happen next well i don't know what's going to happen next but i you know here's here's what i know i'm following the i am he doesn't have to worry about what happens next it's not god doesn't have to react he just does what he's doing because he's the I am. He's like, God, what are you going to do when this happens? I am. I'm already there. <laughs> I am. I'm working. I'm doing things. So let's just live out the, let's live out love. Live out the full gospel. The full gospel. You know, in some ways I wonder if we, you know, the church hasn't lived out the full gospel and so people have been bound by whatever, not just, homosexuality, let's not just point out one sin. There's people bound by all kinds of stuff. And just like Jerry Stott said, hey, we believe in a God who delivers. We're the ones who have, who have the, the authority and been given the power. We're the ones who've been given the, the commission to say, hey, go set the captives free. We've got to love the captives first, because if not, we're not going to get close enough to deliver them. But if we love the captives and they are welcomed into our lives and we welcome them into our lives, then we're able to bring about the deliverance and see God bring about His deliverance ultimately in their lives. So I want to live out the good news. I want to see the gospel in greater measure. I mean, I think this is is a time for the church to rise up like never before. There's going to be things happening that we don't want to happen. There's going to be some things happening to us that we, we never dreamed would happen in America. And some of you who are... Older than me, it's even, even more than you ever dreamed already. You know, I didn't grow up thinking the nation was a Christian nation, per se. I mean, it's changed a lot, but man, there's all kinds of stuff going on when I was in the 80s, when I was 8, 9, 10 years old. I went to school. I went to a Christian school. There was all kinds of bad stuff there. I'm like, boy, this is bad. I can't imagine what it's like somewhere else. (laughs) This is a present evil age. That's not hard to believe, is it? And so we're not living for this age to turn out. right. We're living to get as many people out of this age as possible with us. As many people as possible. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, as I was praying about just all the stuff. I mean, it's not it's not just one thing. I mean, here's the thing this Supreme Court decision just validated what our nation already believes. It didn't it didn't it didn't change. There's not a majority that believe that's wrong. There's not. There's probably only ten percent of people in the United States that are truly Bible believing Christians. Ten percent. Nine out of ten or something else. They might even go to church, but they they're not committed to the Bible. They're not committed to the Lord. So I was like, Lord, what what you know, with all this stuff going on, I'm thinking, Man, God, why couldn't you let me pastor like way back, you know, in a different time it was a lot easier. I really thought that. You know what it'd be easier? You should just you know, people would say, man, you show up, you have a great worship service, and you preach a great message, and you, it's all good. The church grows, and everybody's happy, and, you know. I don't know when that time was. I don't know. It probably didn't really exist. But in my mind, you know, you think, oh, it's, it's, it's easier. But God says, no, i called you for now. Same for all of us. Hey, no, you're, I wanted you alive right now. If I wanted you dead, I would have already killed you. I wouldn't have saved your life several times. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have rescued you from certain things that you, you tried to mess yourself over with. I, there's a purpose, there's a reason. You're alive right now. He needs all of us. He needs every single one of us. And so as I was praying, here's, here's just a couple simple... I want to just share two simple things uh, God said to me, basically. So this is Colossians 3. And it says this, "...since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died." I mentioned this last week if you were here. "...for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory." Now he goes on, I'm not going to read that section, but goes on to say, well, of course you're going to put to death all this junk. Sexual immorality, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, anger, malice, uh, filthy language, all kinds of stuff. You know, that's, that's not you. That's not who you are. That's put off the, you know, kill that stuff. If you see it around in your life, murder it. Do a first degree murder on that stuff. Say, you're not, you're not going to be in my life. You don't belong in me. I'm, I'm a different person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you're not a new creation yet, and you didn't respond to the invitation this morning, you can do that anytime. He's waiting right now. He says, you can, be a, you can be a new person. I'll, old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new. But as I was looking at that, you know, sometimes we get our, I get myself so wrapped up on earth, I'm too much focused on earth, and I'm not focused on what's going on in heaven. That's what this scripture says, hey, look you're in christ your your life you know your sustenance your your the breath of who you are is hidden with Christ in God, therefore, set your mind on things above. I need to be more concerned about what's going on in heaven than what's going on in earth doesn't mean I need to be ignorant, but heaven trumps earth you some people who are believers, reacted very angrily this past week. I don't necessarily blame them or say I wouldn't have done the same thing, but uh, I was more grieved than than angered. Um, But look, the enemy wants to distract us and focus on all this stuff going on, whether that's our personal lives, whether that's our nation, whether that's our world. My life is hidden with Christ and God. And if I'm more concerned about what's going on in heaven, I'm going to be more effective on earth. I'm going to be more full of love. I'm going to be more full of the grace of God, the the compassion of God, the power of God, the purity of God, because I'm setting my heart, my mind on things above. So I need my eyes on heaven. Eyes on heaven. What's going on in heaven right now? Worship. Worship. Man, it, when you worship, wasn't that? Man, the Lord has blessed us today. He's continuing to take us deeper in worship. He's He's saying, "Let's take another step. Let's go deeper in me." But you know, when you're when you're in worship, you forget about all kinds of stuff. You you let things go. Why? Because you're in the presence of God. Your mind and heart are on heaven, not on earth. I mean, Jesus said, "Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven." You know, we're we're wanting to get heaven here. Heaven's the next age. In other words, we want to get as much of it now to draw people in so that, hey, I want that. Eyes on heaven. Here's, here's the other scripture. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. This might be familiar to some. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded... By such a great cloud of witnesses, let me stop there. Who are those great cl- cloud of witnesses? Those who've gone before and followed Jesus, basically in this particular context, Hebrews eleven is the, the faith chapter where it lists all these amazing people of God, from like you know Abraham and Moses all the way to Jephthah and Gideon and, and all you know uh, whoever else they list there that i 'm forgetting. Uh, David, Samuel, the prophets—all these people—and then it says all these unnamed people who gave up their lives, who were martyred, who were cut in two, who were who who weren't worthy of this world. Who you know? And says, but but God plans something better for us, so that together with them they would be made perfect. And so He says, therefore, since we've got such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, I'm not alone. We're not alone at any time. There's a huge. Cloud of witnesses that are saying, that are watching, what's God gonna do now? What's He gonna do through His people now? Since we're surrounded by them, let's throw off everything that hinders. And the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In other words, let's keep going. Let's press on. Let's get rid of stuff that's holding us back. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did Jesus sit down? Why is He sitting on the throne? Because He was done. You know, when a priest, Jesus was a king, priest, and a prophet. But when a priest is done doing their work they sit down. That's why Jesus but he's not sitting on just a chair because he's a king, he's sitting on the throne. Until every enemy comes underneath his feet, until it, time plays out and it all happens the way that that he says it'll happen. But he's done. So he sat down at the right hand of God. That was free. What does that say in that that passage? Fix our eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, saints. What's Jesus doing right now? Oh, he's doing some good stuff. (laughs) He's doing some good stuff. He's doing good things. You know, in China right now, you know, we heard about the South Pacific. You know, in China right now, there's more Christians than communists. There's a report. It was by a source. I saw it on social media. <laughs> so there's a few good things on there, huh? Huh, Cooper? <laughs> there are more Christians, and you know what? They're the real deal. There. <laughs> they don't. They, you go to church there at the risk of your life. So it's not like you don't go. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. No. You're either all in or you're all out. It's like Jesus is Lord or He's not. But there's more Christians than members of the Communist Party in China right now. In 2030, there will be at least 250 million believers in the nation of China. There, Jesus is up to all kinds of good stuff. I want to have my eyes on Jesus. What are you doing? In. in you know, it's like Jesus was on Earth. He he only did what he saw the Father doing. He, his eye, his, you know, it didn't matter what was going on around Jesus, right? It, it didn't matter. It was like, wh- what is God the Father saying? What's He doing right now? You know, when they when they it says one time that that a mob because they were so upset at what Jesus said that they they dragged him to a cliff and we were going to throw him off the cliff. But it says somehow he slipped through. He just Slipped through the crowd somehow they didn't suddenly didn't recognize him they recognized him when they were dragging him up there, and then they couldn't see him anymore. he was anointed so much that he slipped off their hands i don't know I don't know how that happened I don't know if he disappeared I don't know what, what had happened, but Jesus wasn't concerned he said he knew it wasn't time to die yet because he knew what the father had called him to do. you know Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate, Pilate says, I've got authority to free you or let you go. He says, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have any authority except that what's been given to you. You know, the one who has authority is turning me over to death. And I am going to die, but it's not because you say so. It's because he says so. so. Jesus wasn't concerned about what was going on around him. He was concerned, what does God say? What does my father say? I need my eyes on him. I need my eyes on him. You know, was a, whether you think it's a good idea that I watch this movie or not. Uh, you know, it's not a, I don't think it's a bad movie. Some people don't like this stuff. Um, you know, I was watching the movie uh, The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies. Okay? And uh, if you don't like Tolkien, that's fine. I understand that everybody's not going to be into that. But just so you know, the guy who wrote those books uh, led C.S. Lewis to Jesus. So uh, he knew something about uh, God, and he grew up in a world, he went to World War I, and he faced a lot of darkness. So there's a lot of darkness in his book, but the light always overcomes the darkness. That's what I like about it. So if you're not familiar with the story of the Hobbit, I'm not going to tell it today, and I'm not telling you you should watch it or read the book. Uh, there's a part in the movie that's not even in the book. <laughs> Actually, there's many parts that are not in the book as movies go, as you know, um, but it was, I was watching it the other night for the first time. I didn't make, make it in the theater. And there's just, uh, to summarize it, there's a huge dragon attacking a town, okay? There's a giant dragon. It's breathing fire everywhere. Everybody's screaming and you know running for their lives. The guy in charge of the town is just trying to save his own skin, grabs all the money and says, See you, people. And there's one guy... There's one guy who's who's staying to fight. And his name is Bard the Bowman. um, And he has one black arrow that is able to pierce the dragons and kill it, okay? Um, And in his movie, his son's name is Bane. And he sees his father up on the tower, but his father doesn't have the black arrow with him. And he's shooting arrows, trying to shoot the dragon. There's destruction everywhere. It's just intense. It's just crazy fire. Uh, and so his son runs up to his father and carries this arrow. And, he's, and his father says, when he gets up to the top of this tower where the dragon's flying by and stuff, he's like, son, why, why, what are you doing here, first of all? You know, get, aw- get away. He says, no, you've got to have this. And so he, here's what happens. He put, he doesn't have, his bow gets broken or something, and he doesn't have anything to rest the arrow on. And so, Cooper, come here. So. <laughs> you be the stud, I'll be the kid, okay? So. Oh, Okay. Okay, it's just uh, you know you just stand up we we, we know you're we're pretending no look at me, okay, <laughs> so he places the arrow on the shoulder of his son and he begins to aim, and what his son begins to do is his son begins to look around at the dragon, which you'd be looking at a dragon if he was there, breathing fire and coming at him, and his, the dragon actually addresses him and says i'm going i'm going to kill you and i'm going to kill your child and says some all kinds of stuff that you're like, that's just what the devil would say. He's a dirty dragon, okay? But the, here's the part that got me. His son is looking at the dragon, and his father says, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And he shoots the arrow, and of course he kills the dragon. Hits him in the sp- only spot that the dragon can get hit, and pierces the dragon... And he dies. Thank you. Man, what a, what a power. Like I was like shaking when I watched this scene. <laughs> because I knew it was God speaking to us. He was speaking to me. I didn't even know what he's speaking about. But he's saying, look, in the times we live in, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. It doesn't matter what the dragon's doing. Doesn't matter what the dragon's doing doesn't matter how much destruction I see around me, whether that's in my personal life, in the life of my city, in the life of my, my state or my nation or my world. It doesn't matter. Keep your eyes on me. That's what the Scripture says. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Oh, man, I want to I keep my eyes on Him. You know, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Let's remember that. People are not our enemy. We're not against anybody. Um, our, our battle is against principalities and powers, invisible beings, Satan and his demons are the, is the enemy. People are not our enemy. So we don't want to fight people. There's no reason to fight people. That's why we need to love people. And if we keep our eyes on Him, then you know what? He's the one that shoots. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's the one that shoots. My job is keep my eyes on Him. So I encourage you. We've been encouraged today. We've been encouraged today. Keep our eyes on Him. Let's stand. I don't have anything else to say. God's been doing all kinds of great stuff today. Um, Pray for us at camp this week. I'm believing for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Pray for us. And we'll pray for you that there will be a great outpouring wherever you're at. Jesus, we just thank You. Oh, God, we thank You. We thank You. We thank You that You've already won. Jesus, let us not live as if we're fighting for victory. Let us live as if You've already won the victory and we get to share it and walk in it and live in it, Lord and share it with everybody around us, God, we want to see the victory of Jesus manifest in lives. We want to see the power of, of, of your love bring someone out of the depths of of, of hopelessness and despair God we want we want the power of your your holy spirit to open blind eyes and and set people free from diseases and sickness. Lord, we want uh, the power of your spirit and the, and the healing power that you have to go into hearts that have been hurt and wounded so badly by others. Lord, in this time, Lord, we don't want to be focused on anything else but you. We want to keep our eyes on you. So we choose to fix our eyes on you, God. We want to be more concerned with what's going on in heaven than what's going on on earth. Thank you for touching our lives today, God. Thank you for bringing a touch of heaven today into lives. I thank you for each and every person who has made a decision today to follow You the rest of their lives, whether that's the first time or once again. Lord, our eyes are on You. Help us follow You. Help us Help us walk in Your grace, in Your love, in Your power, no matter where we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Uh, if you need some some other prayer, we'd love to still pray with you.